With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome, everyone, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Brian Bonaparte. And we're back with you today, as promised, midweek. We're going to continue our series looking at the Purdue basketball roster and the Purdue football schedule as we ramp up to kickoff coming up in just a few weeks. Today, we're going to be talking about Fletcher Lawyer and, unfortunately, what's going to be another tough game on Purdue football schedule, uh, game against the Michigan Wolverines. So we will save mm. that to last. You know, we'll we'll get our dessert first and then uh, eat our vegetables or deep fried vegetables if you're Ryan um, at the very right. end. So, um, Ryan, I understand. You know, normally I will start off the the show with a question, but I understand you've got one for me this time. A little bit, yeah. So it's almost back to school time, right? Yep. Yep. So my question was, did you have a favorite subject and or teacher in throughout school or high school, maybe? Well, if we're talking high school, so I have to, I mean, I had my dad as a high school teacher for three semesters. Ooh, okay, that's a little loaded. (laughs) Right? Um, So I had him for AP U.S. History two semesters, and then I had him for psychology as well. Mm. Um, So I had him three different semesters. Um, But no problems in the class. I think he he reprimanded me once for talking. Um, And, of course, because, you know, I'm his son. Everyone in the class went like, oh. Uh, Uh But, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, So I'm going to exclude him just, you know, because we're family. Um, Right. You know, I had um, 
there was, and, and I'm, I'm going to go way back. So I had a th- teacher in third grade. Um, a, so I moved to elementary schools after finishing first grade. Um, so third grade, it was my second year at the new school. I was at Frazee Elementary. I was a Frazee Falcon. What, what? And uh, <laughs> her name was Mrs. Hughes. And she, you know, was just, I thought she was a really good teacher. But most importantly to this, uh, she actually was the one who helped introduce me to Star Wars. Okay. Um, I don't even really remember how it happened. I think I saw something on television that was Star Wars related. And she must have heard me talk about it. um, Because she had a son who was uh, about four years older than me and was uh, friends with my older brother and she said, Oh, he's got the star Wars movies. I'll let you borrow them. So she brought them in on VHS and gave them to me. And so those were the, that was the first time I watched star Wars was when I was in third grade. Um, so really without her, who knows if I ever would have gotten into star Wars or when that would have happened. But that is when it all began uh, for me for becoming a, a nerd like that. So I have to give her a lot of credit for that. Okay. Okay, gotcha. What, what about what, you? What, well, I was going to say, what subject was that? Oh, well, since that was elementary school, back in my day, we didn't have different oh, teachers oh, for different gotcha. classes. I know a lot of elementary right, right. schools do that now, but she was, she was, you know, everything in elementary school, everything in third grade. Yeah, that's standard. Okay. I also really, I gotcha. if, if, if I'm going with a teacher in high school who um, is not my dad, I'll name two of them. I had a... Um, an English teacher, uh, Mr. Gentry, he taught uh, Brit Lit, and it was just, he was just like the one of the funniest guys, and he was intense, and he really loved what he was doing and teaching. Um, and I will always remember that the Battle of Hastings took place in 1066 uh, because of him, so I'll never forget that. Um, and then um, I had a like an inter- I don't remember the exact name of the class. It was like Introduction to Business or Business something or other um, mm-hmm. in high school. And that was really kind of what pushed me to uh, major in management when I went to Purdue. Um, and I, I just, I really enjoyed the class. I thought the teacher was very good. And that, I guess, influenced me in that way um, as I headed to Purdue. So I've had a ton of great teachers um, throughout yeah. my, my life. I've been pretty lucky in that regard. Um, you know, like I said, my dad's a teacher. Uh, two of my older brothers are teachers. Uh, one of my sisters-in-law is a teacher. And then one of my sister-in-laws uh, actually works at Purdue as an associate professor. So um, it's it runs in the family here um, in the Ledman mm-hmm. household. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> so for me, I would have to say, well, if I'm starting before high school, it would have to be my eighth grade history teacher, Mr. Bunda. Um the most the most real memory I have, Mr. Bunda, is he would take songs from like the eighties rock era and make them relevant to pop culture or not pop culture, but history. Okay. So it was the two I remember were Come Sail Away by Styx and We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Both great and songs. He rel- yeah, so Come Sail Away, he related to Christopher Columbus, <laughs> as one does. Obviously. And then We Didn't Start the Fire was literally just like 
I think it was the War of 1812 or something like that. Because, you know, the burning of the White House and exactly. everything, burning of Washington, yeah. I thought it made. So, it, I thought it might have been like the Great Chicago Fire. No, not too, not too prevalent with uh, that era. It was more world history than okay. U.S. history. Okay. Now that I remember. Um, and then when it comes to high school, uh, my favorite teacher, Mister Loving, he was my physics teacher. So he is the reason that I wanted to go and do engineering in a stem field just because he made it fun and um he was like the most sarcastic man you could imagine he was one of those guys and it was it was in a funny way um like he was the kind of guy that would wear a bandana on his head and wear like the uh glove shoes you know like the ones that go on oh, each yeah. individual toes yeah so he was definitely a character but absolutely loved him i had him for two different classes in high school and it was great each time so um that's always that's always good when you you when you get a teacher who can do like two subjects because then you do get to have them twice especially if they're a really good teacher yeah i should say i had him for physics twice i took uh did did you fail the first time physics okay um Actually, I took three physics classes in high school. Wow. I took two different types of AP physics. See, they br- like it was the first year they broke it up. So normally you'd have electricity, and then you'd have like physical physics. Um, but then they split it up into two classes. Sure, I I'm not a physics guy. Uh, I I can't really tell you much about what you just said, but fair it, enough. It sounds thrilling. Uh, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I will say, um, I failed to mention the business uh, teacher's name. That was Mrs. Rosenberger. Uh, so shout out awesome. to you. I, I don't. I think she's retired now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, I you know, I was in high school. I graduated in 2004, so it was 19 years ago. Um, but you know, kudos to all them. Special shout out. I I think uh, deserves from my perspective to Mr. Benz, uh, a great science teacher who said the most just ridiculous things that would probably get you fired nowadays, but uh, he was really funny and, you know, made us do all these random experiments, so uh, a lot of fun with that guy, so always good to honor our teachers, Uh, you know, we've got, we've all got family, I'm sure, who are teachers or friends who are teachers, so uh, with back to school starting up right now, uh, it's about to be real busy for them, so, you know, maybe buy them a coffee, give them a, or, or, you know, a shot of vodka, whatever they desire, Uh, and depending on the hour of the day when you see them, so... Um, exactly. Yeah. So thanks for that question. Good one. We're going to take our break early today and we're going to power through, uh, the second half of the podcast. So we will be right back with you folks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. 
At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And we are back. So as promised, today we're going to talk about Fletcher Lawyer, uh, of course, coming back for his sophomore season at Purdue after another really standout season as a freshman, as we talked about on our last episode with Braden Smith. It, it just wasn't something you expected as a true freshman coming into Purdue under, mm-hmm. under Matt Painter's system. I mean, he's had freshmen excel, and he's had freshmen put into big roles, but never two freshmen really like that to be put into starting roles so fast and so soon. Um, you know, the baby boilers are really the exception there, um, but at that point the team really mm-hmm. just needed talent. Um, and this team that Fletcher Lawyer came onto was pretty, you know, pretty well prepared for the season, but – uh, Lawyer still found himself, obviously, he, he played and then started in 35 games, averaged just under 29 minutes a game, um, and he scored 11 points a game, had 2.4 assists, and 1.7 rebounds. Of course, one of the big things that we, we thought we were getting with um, Fletcher Lawyer was great three-point shooting because he came in having won the uh, National High School three-point shooting contest uh, that they have. Right. And however, you know, he only shot 32.6% on the season. And I think if you look at his season as a whole, that has to be the most disappointing aspect of it uh, is just the inconsistency from three. Um, I mean, you look at overall, he was, if you, you know, flesh out the percentage, it was, he made 1.7 for every 5.2 threes he took. Um, and, and that to me is quite disappointing uh, for the guy who we thought we were getting. But he made up for it in other areas. But that is to me. That is the number one thing we need from Fletcher Lawyer in his sophomore season is much greater mm-hmm. consistency from the three-point range. And obviously I would love that number to be around 40%. Um, and, and I think he can do that. He's shown he's he's capable of that. It's just being consistent in that area. Yeah, and I think with Fletcher Lawyer, it's pretty apparent. He definitely hit a freshman wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard to miss. I mean, if you look at the four games leading up to the tournament, so the three Big Ten tournament and then the finale at Illinois, he shot a solid 2-4-21. Not great. Not great. He did shoot 40% in the tournament game against Fairleigh Dickinson, but, I mean, that... That's the biggest game of the season. Your adrenaline's pumping. That's a little bit different. Um, that's winner go home. Right. But 
up until that point, yeah, it was not a good outing. I mean, the final four up to that point, four, four, three, and four points. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's difficult to say that a freshman will go throughout the season and not hit a wall. Like, it's going to happen. But I don't think we really saw that happen as much with Braden Smith, but it definitely happened with Fletcher Lawyer. Yeah. Like, I it's it's inevitable. It sucks. But I think you're going to have a full season or a full off season under your belt. You're going to condition more. And there's a reason that those freshman slumps and walls are for freshmen. Right. You get better right. over time. Yeah. And I like his odds. I do too. I do too. And and playing a freshman season in college basketball is so much more of a wear and tear and a grind than a senior right. season of high school basketball. So you have to understand that going in that it will happen to pretty much every every college freshman. Um, you know, there are rare exceptions, but still that's um, th- again, those are the exceptions for a reason. And you talked about the Fairleigh Dickinson game. He was 4 of 10. Um, you know, he was just about the only one on the squad doing anything from three-point range um, during that game. But even still, 4 of 10, given the type of shots he was getting, the, the just the wide-open shots, even that is disappointing. And perhaps that's not right. fair uh, for me to say that, but it goes back to, you know, for for whom much is given, much is asked, Um Lawyer is an incredibly talented player, an incredibly talented shooter, and in those instances, that is when you need a guy like him to go, you know, 6 of 10, 7 of 10, to look, to force the other team to change how they're playing um, defensively, because they were just crowding Zach Eady, forcing him into these awkward, terrible situations, and if, and they were daring Purdue to beat them from the three, right. and Purdue just couldn't do it. And if Fletcher Lawyer makes one, two, three more of those, that honestly, they were very good shots. I'm sorry, he was three of eight from three. Yes. Yeah, four, four of ten of from the floor. Three. Yes. Yeah. My mistake. So he was three of eight. For, so you missed those five. So I, I feel a little more justified. I was like, I didn't think he was a 40%. But anyway, my point still stands. Those shots that he had were very open shots, very good looks. And those are the ones we need him to hit. Um, especially in big games like that. So to me, I mean, there's not a ton else he really needs to work on. You know, you'll see him improve with his speed. I'm sure he'll he'll be better defensively. Um, you can ask that of every freshman in Matt Painter's system. But for him and for Purdue and for the team, they need him to be a better and more consistent three-point shooter. Yeah, and to your point, Throughout the season, he only shot better than fifty percent from the or from deep, twice. He shot fifty-seven percent against Penn State, and that was the game at the Palestra. So you were in attendance. I was. And he shot sixty-six percent. I mean, it was only a two of three clip at Michigan State. Mind you, that was a one-point win. It was all. Uh, it made a difference, but. Yeah, throughout the season, only twice, over 50%. Yeah, and those were... He shot 50% seven times, but... And and that was in the middle of a really good stretch for him. From that Rutgers game, he was at 40%, and then he was 50%, 57, 50, and then 66%. Um, So that is a good uh, five-game stretch right there. And that's... 
I mean, again, you know, we're asking a lot of a guy who was only in his first year in the program, but that's what we'd like to see each and every time. Um, you know, we want him to be consistent. And I touched on it when we talked about Lance Jones. You know, this might be a situation where his usage might go down a little bit, but he might get better shots um, mm-hmm. and be able to hit more of them because there were times last year when no one else wanted, seemingly wanted to take the three. No one else was hitting. And so Lawyer probably did take you know quite a few bad shots last year. But when you're a guy who's expected to make the shots, sometimes settling for a bad shot is all you can hope for um, because he's a good shooter and you hope they go in more often than they don't. But it, it just didn't work out for him last year. But I do think we will see a, a improvement, an improvement on his shooting percentage this year um, without a doubt. So uh, I'm not terribly worried about Fletcher Lawyer performing um, in his sophomore year. Are you in any way? I, I'm really not. And honestly, it's more so because of his ability to score inside the three-point arc. Yeah. Um, I think he showed that ability um, to kind of get a you know, a mid-range jumper. It seemed to go more down more often than I would have anticipated, especially for a guy who's definitely a catch-and-shoot type shooter. So that's nice. Plus, he has the ability to drive the lane. That yeah. took me by surprise. Yeah, me more too. More so than anything. Me too. Like, I... I think it's really nice for him. He can score at all three levels, maybe not as well at certain levels, but um, he has the ability to do it. And that versatility is just an extra tool for him, especially if you have a defender who's now thinking, oh, are you going to drive or are you going to shoot? That moment's hesitation could make all the difference in the world. Yeah, forcing them to respect you. Um, can make all the difference. Being able to, as you said, score at all three levels, the defender always has to have that in the back of their head. So they can't you know, be all up in your jersey at the three-point line because if they are, you have the ability to blow right by them uh, for a much easier two. And uh, that can really hurt a team if that happens time and time again. And then with that in their head, maybe they sag off and maybe you get that uh, three a little bit more open than you you would have expected. So he's got a real arsenal of weapons. And if he can continue to grow that and and show himself to be a threat, as you said, at all three levels uh, of scoring, I, I think it'll open things up for him and we'll see that improvement. Yeah. And the last thing I want to mention about him is he has the key. And I think uh, Matt Painter started to realize this. He is the person that can help break the press. He is that second hand that Braden Smith can go to. You go Smith, Lawyer, Gillis in the middle. That is your key to breaking the press, and I think Fletcher Lawyer is a big help in that. So I know that's been a issue for Purdue teams in the past. Oh, it yeah. seemed to be a little bit better at times last season, but... Um, when Fletcher Lawyer gets in there and him and Braden Smith are on the same wavelength, that press breaking goes by a lot smoother. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. It, and to that point, I mean, you look, he played in obviously all 35 games, started all 35 games. He played 1,012 minutes and had just 43 turnovers. Yeah. So that shows you that he is capable of taking care of the basketball Um and I do think he can truly help um, as Purdue focuses on breaking a press this coming season. 
So right. that that is all for us on Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, we're going to take uh, hand, a, hand the mic over here to Ryan because he's going to talk about Michigan. But I'm going to let you guys know, obviously, Michigan last year, very good. Uh, very yeah. good. We know, you know, we're all Big Ten fans here, so we know exactly what they're capable of. Uh, they took down Ohio State last year in a uh, – Pretty epic game, but also, you know, close for a little while and then turned into a beatdown, 45-23. We saw them, of course, in the Big Ten title game in Lucas Oil. Um, I was at that game in person as well. Purdue lost that one, 43-22. So they they went into the college football playoff but lost to TCU in another really good game, uh, 51-45. I really thought Michigan was going to come back uh, and win that one. Um, as the two teams went back and forth, but you know, so they finished the season thirteen and one, undefeated in the Big Ten, and you know they they took it to uh, not just the bad teams in the Big Ten. Um, even though Iowa, you know, didn't have the best offense, they still beat them twenty-seven to fourteen. They took down Penn State forty-one to seventeen, beat Michigan mm-hmm. State twenty-nine to seven. Um, and then Illinois, 19-17. to Obviously, that one was their closest game of the season. But as I said earlier, taking down uh, Ohio State at Columbus, 45-23, to is always an impressive victory. So yeah. if you look around at the preseason polls, Michigan, if they're not in the top five, there's something wrong uh, with that pollster. Uh, I've seen yep. them as high as one. I think I've only seen them as low as about four. Um, and I could be okay. wrong there, but they're obviously expected to do very well this year. So, Ryan, is there anything you can tell me about them maybe possibly somehow sort of being bad? Um, well, as you stated, we had our funnel cake. Now it's time for the veggies. <laughs> um, no, I cannot <laughs> find a flaw in this team. Um, I this, this game is terrifying to me. Um, the one, the one thing that could go wrong for Michigan this season is Jim Harbaugh is currently, he's got something weird going on with the NCAA. He does. They've said he's been on a four-game suspension against the, oh my God, it's going to be 75-0 to zero games. Right. And Rutgers. Um, you said what you said. You didn't need to add exactly. that additional part. So. He could have a four-game suspension, but apparently the NCAA didn't accept that four-game suspension. So now they're, uh, you know, going through some sort of liberation or some sort of some sort of process. And no one knows any details on this process because Jim Harbaugh can't say anything about it. It is just weird. It all stems from Jim Harbaugh breaking some rules and lying about them. And now he's maybe paying the piper. Yeah. Well, um, some, we, I mean, we should say, isn't it that he literally gave a couple recruits cheeseburgers? I've heard that. I've heard he watched a practice over zoom. Like the thing is, he wouldn't have been penalized any game suspensions for those infractions. Yeah, it was the it lying. Was the lying. It was the lying. Him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's it's the classic. It's not the crime. It's the cover up that gets you. Um, yeah. And, but before I'm gonna let you continue, but I looked up the AP preseason poll, and it uh-huh. looks like the lowest Michigan is placed is seventh. Oh. Ryan Aber of the Oklahoman has them listed at seventh. Well, he is wrong. He is definitely wrong. That is just a bold, bold uh, 
ranking it that early in the season, given what they have coming back. So I uh, just wanted to make that clear. Okay. Well, all right. We're going to ostracize that man. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with Jim Harbaugh. Like I said, he might get suspended. He might get his suspended might suspension might get pushed back to the following season or later in the season. It's, it's all up in the air right now. He probably won't be at Michigan next year. Anyway, he's going to flirt with the NFL again. And if he knows a suspension is coming, maybe he'll just leave. Exactly. So who knows where captain khaki will go? Um, but anyway, yeah, this Michigan team on the team is very good. Purdue in the Big Ten Championship got to play Michigan without Blake Corum, their all-star running back, and still got beaten down on the ground. Yeah. So Blake Corum in 12 games rushed for 1,463 yards and 18 touchdowns. By 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 comparison, um, you know, Mm-hmm. Purdue did not have a thousand a thousand yard rusher last year. You know, even though Devin Mockaby was great, still finished under a thousand yards. Yes, and their second string running back was nine yards short of a thousand. Good lord! Yeah, so they're both back too. Great, perfect. So no notes. Starting quarterback is back, and JJ McCarthy, who won the quarterback battle over. Uh, Cade McNamara, we talked about for the Iowa game. Right. He is now an Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, maybe he actually might have gotten hurt. Yeah, he might have gotten hurt in their know. practice, yeah, or their spring game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So their number one receiver did get drafted by the 49ers and Ronnie Bell. He caught 62 passes, 889 yards, four touchdowns. So that's that's a receiver who is gone. That's... Okay. Is that the extent of the good news? Um, their top tight end is also gone in Luke Schoonmaker, and he caught 418 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, okay, I mean, that's a little, but when you've, right. when you've got the two running backs they have, losing your tight end doesn't really, you know, give me a, a boost of confidence. Yeah, so their def- or their offense is going to pretty much return 90% of its firepower, and um, they put up 40.4 points a game last season. <laughs> okay. So yeah, 90, per- rushed- 90% of that is is pretty good. That's a, Doing some quick math, you said 40.4? Yeah, that's 36 points a game that, in essence, they're mm-hmm. returning. I know it doesn't work that way, but that just gives you an idea. Yeah. So... They rushed the ball 600 times for 3,345 yards, 239 a game. Yowza. They also threw the ball for 3,078 yards. So 40 points a game and over 450 yards a game. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's great. Uh, 17 sacks their offensive line allowed. Oh, wow. So two of their offensive linemen are gone. They went to the NFL. They got replaced with transfers. So this is their offensive line, the years of their players. Senior, senior, graduate, senior, senior. Oh, man. that's uh, Those are going to be some stout fellows blocking up there. Yeah. So basically this team right now is national championship or bust. 
this is probably the most talented team Jim Harbaugh has had during his entire tenure at Michigan. It is like, really, there's two games that Michigan's worried about right now. And unfortunately, the Purdue Boilermakers are not one of those games. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. No offense to us as Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah, so they are expected to absolutely steamroll the Big Ten and all the way up until that last game of the season, and that's who should be their biggest threat is Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, this year they play them at Michigan. Right, so if nothing else, if you're a Purdue fan, you can go to the big house this year, and if you haven't experienced that, that's something that's really cool. It is, it is. I went... Uh, I've only been to one game there. It was uh, pre the newest renovation, so I can't say how it is um, as of okay. late. But this was, gosh, this would have been in about 2010, maybe. Um, okay. Something along along those lines. Um, but I mean, it's a it's a crazy stadium. It's just so deep, like into the ground. I mean. When you walk up to it, you really don't think it fits over 100,000 people. And then you realize you're walking in at a high level looking down. Um, but it's a it's a pretty cool stadium. I will mm-hmm. say I have family from Michigan, you know, so I went with family. And I love those, those folks to death. Uh, the majority of Michigan fans, though, whew, they can really get on your nerves. <laughs> they, they, yeah. really, they really think they are the best at everything. Uh, and that right. includes football. So when you're around wearing an opponent's uh, colors, they can really let you have it. Yeah. So um, on the defensive side of the ball, they also return the majority of their starters. Fantastic. Yeah, and that group allowed 16 points a game last season Ugh. and 21 touchdowns in total. This truly is the vegetable section of the podcast. Yes, apparently so, depending on who you are and if you like vegetables or not. No one likes Um, vegetables, Ryan. No one. (laughs) Uh, But um, the one player they did lose in the draft on defense is Mike Morris, who led their team in sacks. He had seven and a half sacks. So he is a Seattle Seahawk now. So if, if you're looking for... Maybe not a silver lining, but like a bronze lining. Yeah, I I was like, that doesn't... I don't think that's good enough to be a silver lining. That's like a, a, a tarnished bronze. Yeah. So it's brush nickel. Yeah, brush um, nickel. So let's just get to the fun part. It's okay, special good. teams time. Yeah. Both of their main specialists actually went to the NFL. Their kicker and Jake Moody, who I believe was their most uh, accurate kicker in school history. Okay. So he went to the NFL. He's on the nine, uh, the 49ers now. Tough and act to follow. Puncher, yeah. Brad Robbins, he is a Cincinnati Bengal now. And if you know our Hammer and Rails group and you look up this uh, punter, he looks like Drew. He Does looks he? just like Drew if you look at his ESPN profile. What's his name? Brad Robbins. He averaged 42... Point three yards a punt last season, and you know I. He definitely does look like Drew. Mm-hmm. At least so, he did. It's so funny to look at his his pictures from last year versus his. I see his two four seven like coming into Michigan, and he looks nothing like he does now. 
Mm-hmm. And he does not look like he was born in 1998. No. He looks like he was born in 1974. Yeah, he's got quite the wacky mustache in most yep. of these. So, um, but yeah, he was he was a serviceable punter. He didn't punt very many times, 43 times, but he averaged 42.3 yards a punt. I mean, that's and pretty I have good. Two punting stats today. Okay. So, the first one. If Brad Robbins were to punt consistently, he would take 79 punts to get to the Ann Arbor Coles. Okay. Where Jim Harbaugh buys most of, of his course, games. Of course, of course. In my head, I was like, what is the connection to Coles? But then, mm-hmm. yes, of course, khakis. I'm sure that's where he gets his Dockers. Hey, I mean, they got so, good sales, and plus he probably gets a lot of Coles cash. Right. I mean, I don't I don't have him pegged for a JCPenney guy. Oh, no. No, he's a man of the people. He shops at Kohl's. Right. And then, so, and then he secondly, then he gets a, a gallon of milk and drinks it straight from the jug. Absolutely. Like the Indy 500. The, yeah, Indy 500. Yes. <laughs> um, secondly, if Brad Robbins were to punt all the way to West Lafayette, it would take him 8,634 punts to get to the Purdue Visitor's Locker Room. That's honestly not that many punts. Considering no. the distance, I mean, so he, he's a he's a pretty pretty solid punter there, but he's gone now. Uh, right. But man, if we're if we're hanging our hat on, hey, their their kicker and punter are new, uh, we're right. in some trouble. Yeah. Um. And they didn't even need to hit the transfer portal that hard. I mean, they have all the talent they need. Right. Yeah. But and, I they mean, have four different starters who actually are coming in from the transfer portal two on the offensive line the grad transfers i mentioned okay um their kicker who he stole from jeff brom so he's coming from louisville i don't feel bad about that that's back from umass i should also mention two players coming from indiana as in in the program or the state of the program oh wow aj barner and jack tuttle I recognize that second guy. Yeah, Tuttle was a quarterback for Indiana, so he will be the backup quarterback to J.J. McCarthy. Okay, that's right, because IU has played like seven quarterbacks, I feel like, in the last two years because they keep getting hurt. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, And a couple of these guys also come from Stanford where Harbaugh started his college, right. Right. Uh, college career, or was it just his Power 5 career? I, I can't keep the guy straight. And I always confuse him with his brother anyway. I I mean, right. who knows? But let me ask you this. Yep. Is there, is this, do you think this is Purdue's toughest game? I mean, or do you lean toward Ohio State? I mean, no, they're obviously they're both going to be tough, but. Hands down, this is the toughest game. Yeah. Purdue gets Ohio State at home. Yeah, that that to me is the determining factor, too. Yeah, and honestly, on 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 paper, Michigan is the superior team. They are hands down the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, they're the second best team in the country outside of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So, um, it's, it is not going to be a fun game, I think, for Purdue fans when we watch Purdue head up to Michigan Stadium and take on the Wolverines. I think it's going to be the most difficult game of the season and Purdue will need some sort of miracle uh, to pull out a victory on that one. And I don't want to sound like a downer or a pessimist or whatever, but you know we got to be realistic about what we've got in front of us because, man, 
this Michigan squad is stacked, as you said, top to bottom. Right. Didn't really lose much. Brought in some some talent, so there's no real weaknesses in them. And Ryan Walters and the staff have their job absolutely cut out for them as they try to find some sort of weakness um, yep. in this Michigan team that is likely headed to the college football playoff uh, once again. Right. Yeah. So I mean, who who scheduled Ohio State and Michigan for Purdue in the same season? Who thought that was? Good? I, I don't know. Somehow we we wound up in this conference called the Big Ten, where you know in five years we might be playing Ohio State, Michigan, USC, all in the same season. And you know, not yeah. to not to mention Wisconsin, Penn State. It could. Uh, who knows? It could be tough. Maybe some other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Who, maybe who knows? Florida too. Yeah. Or maybe Florida, Florida. State as well. It could be Clemson by then. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's a rough schedule for sure. As we've talked about, uh, a lot of people are saying Purdue has the hardest schedule in the country. If you look at some of the rankings, but I, mm. this two game, couple game stretch, you know, we play Ohio state and Michigan, um, in close succession and it is, uh, it's going to be a hard, uh, couple games without a doubt i'm not looking forward to this i mean we've got nebraska in between them so maybe we can you know build our confidence back up with a win against nebraska but man ohio state nebraska michigan gonna be tough Mm. so uh ryan can you leave me with anything optimistic before we get out of here i mean they get to go to two of the coolest stadiums back-to-back weeks in lincoln and ann arbor is lincoln one of the coolest stadiums I mean, it's supposed to be one. I've never it's actually been. a good program. Have you ever been to the stadium in Lincoln? No, but I mean, maybe I'm hearing a lot of Nebraska fans saying that. Yeah, that's. But I if knows? you if you see anything about Nebraska football on Twitter, you have to discount it by like sixty seven percent, almost like you're going to Coles uh, for right. the khakis. So there we go. I think that is a full nice circle. nice way to full circle wrap it up. Um, thanks so much for listening, folks. Uh, We will be back with you next Monday. Boiler up. Hammer down.